Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Amy Lolly. Amy, I guess she technically is a first act actor. She's always been an actor, but she does have a career in sales as well, which we talk about quite a lot because let's be honest, being a salesperson is being an actor, but she's now living in Toronto from the UK and is more pursuing her career in acting these days. Oh my goodness, Amy and I met at a TIFF party, so at the Toronto International Film Festival. We met at a party during the festival, the Women in Film and Television WIFT party, the WIFT party at TIFF. My goodness, say that five times fast. I met her, and I, I'm pretty sure everyone feels this way when they meet Amy. They think, who is this woman? She needs to be in my orbit. She has so much energy. She's absolutely incredible. And I thought to myself, I need to be friends with this person. I, I, her energy is infectious. It's just, it, it infects everyone around her. She's just a huge, just light gem of positivity. Oh, I could rave and rave and rave forever about how much an absolute joy Amy is. Please enjoy the fabulous Amy Lolly. <music> frustrating isn't it I have a look through a few different things and I've also got a friend who works in production and she'll send me all sorts of bits and I'll be like Claire this is not for me girl this is not for me and they're looking for like uh, like, like you've just said any gender any ethnicity any age and I'm like but give me some specifics <laughs> like how are you even meant to profile a character looking at stuff like that I know. I think, I think what's frustrating for me, and maybe this is just my naivete with the industry, is that if I had, I don't know, if I was casting something, I would have a very visual, distinct, what I want to be that person. And I find it almost, oh, and this is mean to say, it's lazy casting. It's lazy. Where it's like, I don't know, just anyone will know when we see them. No, you won't. Like, you already know what you want. Stop wasting everyone's time, including your own. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, I remember going for an audition. This is years, like four years ago. I went for an audition four years ago. And I walked in and the guy, like Mina, was just like, yes. I was like, what? And he was like, well... I, I, you're, you're who I want. And I'm like, you haven't even seen me do it. I haven't done my audition. He's like, I know, but I have like, you were who I pictured or close to it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I don't know how someone can write a script or go about any production or direction or, you know, if you've got someone casting, like they should know, like you've just said, who they're looking for. They've already got a picture in their mind, apparently. But now it's just like, I don't know, let's write something and fill it with people who you know, they can look like anything. And then you've just got like a really weird looking cast. It's like, none of these people work together. <laughs> I agree. And it's so interesting you say that because you hear so many stories of that happening where, yeah, you just kind of walk into the room and you're exactly what they want. And I yeah. never really thought that was real. I you know, you hear the story of that and you go, oh, isn't that nice? Until I had written a, I've, I've written a short film script 
And it was just based off of a weird dream that I had. I wrote it, wrote it, wrote it, wrote it, wrote it. And then I met a guy who does sketch comedy in Montreal. He's a content creator in Montreal. Okay. So he's near. And I saw his sketch comedy and I was like, that's the guy from my, I've never met you. You're the guy from my dream. You're in my you're dream. The, you, you, I've never met you before. You're perfect for this. And I was like, I don't mean to be creepy, but maybe we'll get this film made. But you, you are the star that I want. I'm sorry if I can just imagine you waking up in the middle of the night, or like 6 a.m., like one cockeyed, half dribbled out of your face, like, I need to write this, and stalking some random dude on Instagram and just being like, hey, I dreamt about you. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and it's like, Dude, it's 7.03. What do you want from me? Trying to convince people. I'm like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> insane. I promise you. I'm a, I'm, I'm a doctor. Why is the doctor emailing me about a short movie? <laughs> that's not making you less creepy, Janet. That's making you more creepy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But thank goodness he's like the sweetest, most lovely person on the planet who was like, game on. This is great. But it's so interesting how that happens where we just have yeah. the picture in our head. And I think that's what's so neat about this industry is how visual it is. And it's something that I'd never experienced before is that visual art, which was yeah. lacking in just, I guess, the rest of my life. So I think it's so cool. It's really awesome to be able to be part of something when, you know, you're a kid, you grow up and you play cello for six weeks, realize that sucks. And you look at a piano, you know, doing, 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 or you can play as hot cross buns or three blind mice, which are the same damn song. And then you're like, I could try singing. And then you do some singing on stage and you're like, oh, it's like, oh, oh, actually acting. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Um, I love how it's just, yeah, visual. You can do that. But looking at everything else, is like, well, I can't play piano, so I might as well be on a stage. <laughs> might as well be on screen. <laughs> so, yeah, tell me your story. How did you get into this crazy business? Oh, God, I wouldn't say I'm in it right now. But no, 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 I'm getting back into it. The horse is very much in the stable. Um, I've, I started acting when I was four. Four, five? Four. That age, that like when when someone's like waist height, that's when I started acting, you know. Um, and I started acting in a really local little theatre club in my town, Ludlow, Shropshire, UK. Little white town of nine thousand people, um, in like the arse end of something we called the assembly rooms. But girl, this was the most rickety ass ratchet place. Like it was probably like at like what would you call it? Um, that poisonous shit in the ceiling where they started closing businesses down, you know, with the with the foam, and they're like, "Get out, get out! If you breathe this in, you'll die." And we're kids, and they're going, "For Alpha Romeo." Um, so we started doing that when I was a kid. I was acting, and it was a, it was a way for me to get away from get away from childhood trauma. <laughs> um, and just carried on acting through school, doing theater, and. For me, it was a massive form of escapism and just carried on doing it. And then I got to a point in life where my parents were acting was never going to be a career for you. Do something more, you know, guaranteeable and keep something in your back pocket. So I contemplated joining the army. 
not a go down that route. Was going to end up a DR like yourself, but for the old animals. Um, had a motorbike accident, broke a few bones. And then I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go to college and do acting. So I did theater and drama studies, my A-level in that. And then halfway through that, I ended up being paralyzed. I don't know why I'm laughing, because that's really not a funny thing. <laughs> hey, we laugh yeah. or we cry. It's the laughing of funerals. Girl, I'm with you. This is true. I was um, I was paralyzed for 11 months, and we have no idea how that happened, but it was three vertebrae in my spine that exploded. So for that, I was unable to do a lot of the practical. I was unable to physically get to college and go to my course. So my grades were low. Oh, you can act, but you can't because we don't have an accessible stage or an accessible drama room or nothing's really accessible to you, but you can carry on doing the course. Um, and none of that really occurred to me. I was like, oh, it's my fault. I'm in a wheelchair. Poor old Amy. I can't get into college. Um, so I wasn't able to get into university. I went for a few auditions and they were great. But my in the UK, we have something called a UCAS, UCAS points. And if your UCAS points, you can get an audition at a university before you get your UCAS results. And I got a couple of conditional offers, one which was the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, and the other one was Woodstock, which is a private university, which I couldn't have afforded anyway, but it was nice to get an offer. Um, and I didn't get enough points, so I didn't go to any. But I'm glad I didn't, because all of the experience I have and the amazing people I've met through life are Oh, what can I use from you? Yes, I'm listening to your conversation, but also watching all your body language and just wondering how I can use you in every aspect of any character. Um, and then just carried on doing bits and bobs through life, did some immersive acting um, in a maze, which was so damn fun. Scaring people for money was the shit. So that was fun, playing ghosts and ghouls and clowns. Uh, did some film stuff in the UK and then didn't do that for a while. Got into sales fell off the radar, woke up one night, had a few bottles of wine, applied for a Canadian visa. I'm going to go to Canada, Toronto to pursue my acting dreams. And then I got here and COVID happened. Um, so, <laughs> so I've done a few things here, but I did a lot with um, with a guy called Mina, Mina Solomon, who won't mind me mentioning him. He is an award-winning producer and director. Um, he's Eastern. Um, he's from Egypt. And I did a, a few things with him, a few shorts, spoke some Arabic, of which words I can never remember, but that was fun. I did a commercial for Burger Factory, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, for Burger Factory, but it got taken down because the wife hated me because I was hotter than her and her husband was in the commercial, so that was fun. That got taken down after a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But just kind of getting back on the um, getting back on the horse now, as it was, and you know, getting myself back out there and being in a place where I feel confident to be on camera again, where I feel confident within myself and safe, bringing my emotions forward through characters is mm. something that I'm really excited to, with you know, get back on the horse with, get back behind behind the lens and have makeup wiped off from underneath my eyes twelve times a day until I start bleeding. I can't wait. <laughs> 
something you said that really resonated with me just now about looking at other people and being like, yes, obviously I'm listening to your conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me more. But using them as data for a character. I remember an acting coach of mine, her name's Michelle, saying that to me when I was feeling really like I was behind, right? I'm like, I'm older than most of my peers in this acting class. I was doing all this doctor shit for so long. I just feel like I'm behind in this acting thing. And she said, well, what you've been doing is you've basically been looking at society and seeing patients and seeing humans, you work in like a lab of like, all you're doing is looking at people. She's like, just uh, this is these are the characters that you need to bring into the world. So just watch them watch their mannerisms. You're just, it's free acting classes. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. So it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. You people watching and I think that when you are in the mindset of an actor, you're very careful about how you judge and perceive people because everyone has a story, don't they? Everyone has a story. And what I find so interesting is that you and I could be handed a script and we could both look at exactly the same script, exactly the same character, exactly the same monologue. But what we're building in the back of our mind based on what this monologue is, you know, we're building a backstory. Who's the best friend? What color socks is she wearing? You know, what are he wearing? They wearing? Are they wearing a jumper? Where do they live? Where are they from? What's their background? Do they have crooked teeth? You know, what color are their eyes? Have they ever shaved all their eyebrows off back? There's like random shit. Like how can I relate to this? And we'd come up with two totally different characters. And unbeknown to us and your average person, we're basing that on all the people we've met throughout our life, which I think is so damn incredible. I think it's fascinating that we feed off so many people's experiences and everyone that we've met, which is partially the reason I'm glad I didn't go to university for acting because I'd have been in a group of people who... You know, and this is no disrespect to anyone who's put all that hard effort and hard work in whatsoever. I mean, I couldn't afford to go and I was in a relationship where I wasn't allowed to go. So for me, it was very different. But I've met some of the craziest people over the past 10 years. It is wild. Mm -hmm. The people that I've met, I'm like, what? If I'd have gone to university, maybe I wouldn't have met you. Mm -hmm. So there's something can be thrown at me down the line. Can you represent a cocaine snorting, someone who was going to be an astronaut who is now a doctor? And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Yes. And I'm like, what? Who are these people? So I think it's amazing that we have that ability to look at people through that lens and collect that data. Totally. What? So you've been through some pretty significant things in your mm. life. <laughs> I think things, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't mean to assume, but things that I think maybe could have been so traumatic to say, I never want to act again. Is there something about acting that just keeps drawing you back, despite what you've been through? Been through in life or been through in acting? Both. I would say more through, more so life. It's been a journey. 
I've lived nine lives. Um, the one thing about acting for me is self-development. It's a form of therapy. And it also, it allows me to be my true self through the, you know, through the filter of a character. And I think that a lot of people who are actors or a lot of people who are in the entertainment industry, we've seen shit. I would say 9.9 out of 10 people in the industry have seen shit. And we can take that and we can mold it into something, whether that's piano playing, whether that is playing the cello, whether it's writing songs, whether it's poetry slam, or for us, whether it's something like acting. And if we can dissolve emotions into a character and just be honest, and for me, it, is, it really was and still is kind of being on stage. Stage is something that I absolutely adore, but unfortunately it doesn't play very well. It's only community theater. Um, but even through a character on the lens and then realizing that you can be much more minimal through film and still represent all of those emotions and all of those feelings, that's what draws me in every time where you can... And also having someone who is a, a decent director who allows you to have the time to really immerse yourself and put your energy and your emotion into a character. When you're working with people who are easy to work with and you're allowed to invest into what you're representing or to what you're presenting, sorry, is is magical. And I think that that's, I, I wouldn't say I'm passionate about acting. I would just say that it's a part of me. And, you know, we all act on a daily basis. My day job is sales. So it's, hi, how are you doing today? I hope you're having the best day. Tell me how your weekend was. And it's, it's like, my energy is not that high all the time, but I can do that. And when someone else feeds off that, it's those relationships on stage and it's those relationships like meeting you, for example, you're both high energy and it's someone who makes you feel like you and you can just be yourself around and actors. We've all got that weird vibe where we're all a bit strange mm-hmm. and that world is just so, it just feels homely, like a big comfort blanket. Mm-hmm. But that's what draws me in every time. Yeah. And I think there's something, I don't know about you, but I remember when I, again, started doing acting classes and you can't help but pull from your life experiences, of course, because mm-hmm. what else is there um, yeah. but what you've been through? And like you were saying, we've all been through some shit. And I remember really like pulling from the shit. And then <laughs> this sounds so silly to say it out loud, but almost feeling guilty for using some of the past things that have happened in my life to be the character because I felt like I was, I was at an advantage because I'm like, this isn't an even playing field because, you know, so-and-so over here maybe hasn't experienced the same level of trauma as me, but I have, and I'm pulling from that. And it was a weird, almost like people pleasing anxiety that I was having that really, when I, again, I say it out loud, I'm like, this makes zero sense. But I'm like, am I using my trauma? Like, am I, am I, am I using it to an unfair advantage? Does that make sense? That 100% makes sense. Don't feel guilty about that. I mean, we'll try not to because it's, it's a tool that you've, 
unfortunately been given and is it just going to sit there in your memory bank being useless and you know, haunting you or is that you know what I have an opportunity to use this. I have an opportunity to bring this up. And as long as it's safe for you emotionally and mentally, and mm. it's not going to put you out for, you know, more than a couple of hours, go ahead and use that shit. Mm. Because it's something, you know, people have been through so many, so many things this day and age, and people sometimes feel alone. And if you can bring that up and use that and represent that, mm-hmm. power to you, 100% use that trauma. Just make sure you can put it back in the box. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that. That's been a vein that I know has traveled through a lot of people that I've talked to on this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Because these are people who've come into acting or even just the entertainment industry or a creative career, a more whimsical career in the second part of their lives. And again, you can't help living on this planet for more time. You can't help having lived through shit, like you're going to have been through stuff just from being living on this planet for longer than say a no offense to them, but like 20 something first year theater student. Yeah. Where, and again, I have to keep reminding myself that like the only way, and this is kind of woo, the only way that I think in my opinion, we make, we produce empathy is by is storytelling. Like there's literally no other way because we live in such an isolated society where it's hard to organically make it. I think like I'm not going to be able to empathize with somebody, you know, in a war torn country because I haven't experienced that and probably never will privilege, but the storytelling that we hear from these people produces that within us. And I think that's what I need to keep reminding myself when I'm using like exactly what you were saying. That's the power of people wanting to see themselves in actors. I think. Yeah, I think one hundred percent. You're right with mm-hmm. the roller, the average roller coaster of a movie or theater. When we go to theater, or even if you're just my partner and I actually went to comedy. We went to go and see Andrew Schultz. I can't say too much about it, um, but we went to go and see Andrew Schultz last week, and the emotional roller coaster of a top comedian. Mm-hmm is unfathomable because some of the stuff I'm I'm sat there in tears crying I've been through this I've experienced some of this and then I'm finding my partner sat there like oh my goodness like mm. Alex is crying now geez so and it's going to that emotional emotional roller coaster like you said with storytelling and I think that when we do that ourselves and this has just kind of clicked with me when we use our own trauma or a period of our lives that is really, really difficult. When we bring that through in a character, we are given the opportunity to look at that trauma from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Through so many different characters, we're given that opportunity to readdress it and be like, hey, how would I have addressed it if this would have happened today? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a magical thing to be able to do because not many people get that chance. You know, it's just kind of clicked with me. I'm like, oh, oh therapy with Janet. I love this. <laughs> Come to my therapy session this week. That's right. And that's all the time we have. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think mm. that's where, that's why I think so many people are craving this change. 
later in life. And like it's always been there, that like childhood yeah. play, because childhood play with yourself and with others is experiencing everyone else in the world. And then you go through your first act or whatever, very tunnel vision focused on me, 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 for good reason. You kind of need to be a bit self-centered yeah. in that phase of your life. And then realizing as you're kind of getting out into the world, feeling safe financially, feeling safe in your body, feeling secure. Now you kind of are opening yourself up being like, oh, right everyone else's perspective. Ah, how do I get back to, you know, contributing to the world in uh, whatever way, shape or form that looks like. And I think, yeah, playing a character and yeah, I just, I agree. Like you'll, you're able to see it through so many different yeah. filters. It's now I'm kind of rambling, but I think it's, it's exciting and it's terrifying. And uh, yeah, I wish more people did it. Same. I wish more people had the confidence to do it or took that chance in themselves because it's so it's so unfamiliar for so many people, and it's it's a beautiful thing to just play as an adult. Like, and people are always oh, really weird. And I was like, you know what? Actually, we're good. We're good. He's like, are you drunk? I was like, no. I wish I was. But it's um, yeah. I love it. And I think that's one of the things, I mean, even thinking about alcohol when people do have a drink, mm. it kind of gives them that confidence or takes away that shield mm. and they, they come out of their shell a bit more and they're more playful. And I find it fascinating. I mean, when I go out like yourself, I don't really drink. So mm -hmm. I went to a party the other night with my, with my friends, it was my friend's 38 and watching people go from sober to drunk I'm like watching that change I'm like oh I'm vibing with this and it's I'm there just like oh the water please thank you very much and I was like oh finally I can be my weird self again yeah. I'm just waiting for everyone else to get drunk so I can be me <laughs> that is so interesting oh my gosh that's fascinating yeah yeah, and uh, yeah, that's so so interesting. I think, especially yeah, as somebody who is sober and weird, that is yeah, that's really really an interesting take on it. Especially now that I well, when I used to be very socially anxious, so I would drink, and then yeah, everyone's on the same level. But now that is the next time I go to a party, that's going to be how I see the whole thing. That's yeah. fascinating. I love that. That's so new to me. I'm, I'm so excited. It's like, I'm already drunk in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Can you take me through what you're doing now? Like you're kind of getting back into things, into the acting world, into entertainment. What does that look like? How do you rebuild, especially in a new country? For me, so I've reached out to a couple of old contacts and coming to WIFT was actually, WIFT, I can't help but think of farts when I say WIFT. Oh, 100%. <laughs> coming to WIFT um, was something I was like, oh, you know, should I go? Should I not go? I'm like, you know what? No, I need to reconnect with people who share the same energy, who share the same piece of the jigsaw puzzle as myself. And I need to be back in a room with people who are acting, who are actively acting, people who maybe haven't been on screen or 
been behind the other side of the camera for a while and just be back and immerse myself in that environment. So that for me was a big thing, um, just kind of getting back in there. And then I've been screwed over a couple of times by a director over the past year. So when you're like, you know, you're you're trying to align dates and things, I'm like, so you know what? I've just closed that book on that person, which is absolutely fine. I wish them well, but it's teaching me not to rely on anyone else. So 100% moving through everything is, you know, re-signing up to acting classes and coaching and really learning to actually invest in myself. And, you know, I've, I've decided on three very different monologues that, I adore that inspire me like all three actors are amazing so I'm like you know what I'll do those monologues and be able to put things together and just really finding out me a couple of years ago is very different to me now so finding out how I act now and just rediscovering that in my own time it's still very much a personal project but you know a new a new self-tape together and reels together Uh, I got some new headshots maybe four or five months ago and looking at the headshot and this is weird. Do you ever look at a photograph of yourself and you look at one photograph and you put them side by side almost and even though you know it's you, you kind of don't recognize that person. Oh, yeah. So looking at my headshot from uh, three and a half, four years ago to my headshot from a few months ago, I'm like, Wow. I look like a shell of a person in this one. I am unsure of myself, not in a very good place mentally or emotionally. And these new ones, I'm like, yo, you're fucking nasty, girl. Um, So I'm kind of still in that space where I'm rediscovering myself as an actress. And I can't wait to put some stuff together and go back to possibly my old agent, although she would give me less than 12 hours notice for an audition sometimes, at which point I'm like, no, Margaret. Um, so just hopefully getting a different agent and just really pushing the boat out and pushing boundaries to myself. So yeah, reinvesting in myself, believing in myself and kind of that slight fear of success as well. Cause I'm like, oh, what if, what if, you know, and it's, and I'm not after fame. money would be nice. I'm not going to say I'm not after fortune, but just after being able to present my true colors now through acting. So I'm excited to do that. That's what getting back into it looks like for me, getting back into myself to be able to bring that shit forward. Yes. Mm. Oh my gosh. I relate to that so much. And I think, you know, that clarity of self is something that, for, at least for me, has only happened, and I mean, obviously, it's a work in progress, duh, but has only happened to me in the past year when, one, I've been older um, and sober. And it's that yeah. clarity that comes from that that is both terrifying and amazing. And I look at... Yeah, I love, I was funny, my old headshot popped up randomly on my phone for some reason, my very first one, and I look like I'm blonde, I look like I should be on the Wait, what? You're blonde? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's insane. I look fabulous, but, you know, if I would walk into a casting room and they had that headshot and then they saw this, it's like a bait and switch, right? I'm like, I tricked them. 
Like I don't, I don't look like that. I also don't act like that. Right. Yeah. I'm a goon. I, I'm, I'm the second banana, right? I'm not, a, a, and that's fine. It's, but it's that finding of what I want to, what we want to do in this industry, especially as we get older is so exciting. And I, I don't know about you, but do you feel like a, almost like a pressure to go? Like, I need to do this now. Like, this yeah. is me. I want this out. People need to see this and witness this. 100%. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 in a couple of months. No, wait. Mm. Yeah, and I'm 30 next month, so in November. Mm. And 30, I'm like, I don't really care about 3-0. I'm like, it's an age, whatever. But, I think more so for me, it's it's a stage of life from like, you know what? I need to light the fire underneath my own ass. Mm. And my, my fingers crossed results of getting more out there with acting is not, it's to act and it's to bring entertainment and it's to inspire, but more so it's for mental health reasons and to be able to hopefully inspire people through mental health and, you know, awareness. And I hope that people who have been in similar situations and similar circumstances as myself will notice and possibly gravitate towards that. Mm. So that's my aim is to be able to do some real, some real good and just have some sort of impact on a young generation of people who are so damn lost. And maybe bring, you know, bring that about through acting. I was just reading, I'm just finishing reading, I'm burping so much. I had such a frothy coffee. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I tried to be elegant. I'm like, nah, bruv, nah, blah. So I'm reading at the moment a book called Body Keeps the Score. She's done it. She's done it. Have you read it all yet? Oh, of course. We read it. I read to read it in medical school. Oh, you have twice. to. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm, I'm cool. at the part now because it's such a hard read, but it's, it is. And you have to take those breaks because I'm crying. I'm like, oh, oh. Um, I'm at the bit. I'm at the end. I'm, at the, I'm on like the last 10 pages. And going into where, I want to a spoiler for anyone, but going into the parts where they introduce acting as a therapy mm-hmm. and there's nothing traumatic when you're reading that but relate oh my god I want to cry relating to that so much mm. yeah. and just being like this is a thing like in a Boston of all places I'm like what um I imagine if that was worldwide where you oh could god. take foster kids and traumatize veterans and people who have you know, being in war-torn countries, like you've said, and bring confidence and deal with people's emotions through acting and being able to do that with people and, you know, sprinkle a bit of Uda in there and a bit of Sanasat, just bring all of these amazing practitioners together in a way where we can develop souls that feel a bit lost. I mean, that's what I've been doing with myself, unbeknownst to myself, and reading about that was like, wow, so that's my aim. That's where I want to go with acting. But also, you know, a Maserati would be really nice. <laughs> Just saying. Just putting it out in the universe. And some Christian, yeah. and, some, and some Louboutin shoes. My thirtieth yeah. birthday. Anybody? Anybody? That's... Yes, please. That would be so nice. 
I wish my boyfriend was here. I could say that a bit louder, couldn't I? Some Louboutins, babe. Louboutins. <laughs> like, what's, what's a lube? In, in, that, in that sex stuff. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Since coming back, and again, like, also in a, a whole new country, has there been anything that has been surprising to you about getting back into the industry now? The um, surprising-ish, but more irritating, is that everything is on Zoom. I like being in person. I would rather Mm -hmm. walk into a room and do an audition so people can feel the energy, which is really frustrating. Because even a year ago, just just, just after, can we say after COVID yet? I don't know, just after COVID, just after shit started opening up, everyone was bringing people back in. And it was Mm -hmm. in-person auditions. I'm like, okay, awesome, yeah. And now it's just reverted back to Zoom auditions or record yourself on your, in my case, an iPhone or XR, but record yourself on your laptop and send it in. I'm like, what? No, I want to come to you. Mm-hmm. And people are just so close to that. So I'm very surprised that people who are casting and directing and writing are still opposed to meeting people in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, yeah. I, I still don't get that. So that's a surprise to me, kind of going back into things. Everything is still very much um, in the digital space and, mm-hmm. yeah, online. Yeah. Kind of frustrating. For sure. For sure. And I remember thinking about, um, well, I know why they're doing it. Money. Um, but I remember thinking, and this is very similar to when I was applying to medical school, which I knew and this is not a brag, but kind of a brag. I knew if I made it past the first stage of the application to the interview, I would get in 100%. I'm a fucking delight. It's the same. Yes, I go, I'm like that with interviews. I'm like, my, my CV's shit, but give me a chance, okay? Give me a chance. I feel the exact same about self-tapes. And I didn't before. I was like, self-tapes are great. This is when I was living more up north. Now I'm in Toronto. But like, sure, they're great. They're convenient. Blah, blah. But like, if I could just get in the room and meet someone in person, I am a fucking delight. Isn't it wonderful? Okay, can we take a moment? How long has it taken you to say that about yourself? Oh. That you're a delight? Too long. Because you are. You're a breath of fresh air. You know, you take the lid off a fresca, and it's just like, oh, I just like take the lid, and it's just like, oh, Janet. <laughs> but same, I'm like, if I can just like my resume, it's it's tight, it's tight. I've got a good experience. I've been a manager and sales for long enough, and all that bullshit. But I'm like, sorry, we decided not to go with you this time. I'm like, y'all haven't met me. I'm I'm fun. I'm willing to learn. You can teach me shit because I've got the right approach and the right attitude and I'm willing to learn. And you can criticize me. And that's fine. Yeah. Because I'll address those criticisms. But with a digital send or an email or a piece of paper, you can't. Like I've I've just started attaching my headshots to a normal resume because they're sexy headshots. So I'm like, you know what, if I can't get off my resume, I hope you'll get off my looks. <laughs> Hopefully it's like a 70-year-old white man interviewing. Come on. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny? It, go, it literally, it goes back to, I was just thinking about, it goes back to the whole, like, 
who I'm cast, who I want to cast for my short film. I'm yeah. being really creepy, but I'm like, if you could just meet me in person, <laughs> I'm not creepy. I'm a professional. And I think that's what also I find is missing from um, the Zoom is when you're in person, you get this vibe of who this individual will be on yeah. set as well. Right? Do they come in and they're kind of like, hi, or they're, or do they come in like, hey, how's it going? You know, the yeah. energy. And I cannot get a vibe of, will you be good and fun and collegial to work with on set off a of self tape? I can't. I've been burned before. I've been scammed before. And we all have. And yeah. it's getting worse with Zoom because you can't see the person's energy enough. And then people are like, Hey, just take a look at my Instagram. And I'm like, what? Your life through a filter? No, I'm good. Meet me as a human on the same level. I'm 100% with you. Like being easy to work with is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is it, oh my God, so total tangent. You just reminded me of a time when I, ha- I helped um, like the sound crew with some of their cases. And the one guy looked at me and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm helping you like a normal human being. He was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. You're the talent. I'm like, no, my name's Amy. I'm going to carry your suitcase because you got a backpack, two booms in one hand, a camera in the other that's probably worth more than my life. And you're trying to drag this case with your chin or some shit. Let me carry it for you, dude. Like, oh, okay. Uh, thank you. And I'm like, what assholes have you worked with? What, like, who on earth feels so entitled that they can't be a human being and help people. So that's, mm. I think that's where people get burnt as well on places like Zoom, like you can't get the energy as someone genuine, as someone yes. easy to work with. Is someone going to order a three-course meal for their rider or baby bells and blankets? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny. I remember chatting with somebody when I just had recently moved to Toronto and was saying, you know, now I'm, it was, as you know, we were tiffing all over the place. It, and I was thinking to myself and talking to a friend of mine and saying, how do I network? How do I come across as not being desperate and gimme, gimme, gimme? And what can you do for me? And how do I make that come across that I'm not like some average, yeah. you know, classic actress who's like, give me a role in your film. And my friend goes, it's literally impossible for you to do that. You just be yourself, you idiot. Like, just do what you've been doing for the almost 40 years of your life and talk to a human being. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. I've, um, at work, outside of acting, at work, I'm currently mentoring a few people to people because people don't know how to people anymore. And it's, and I don't know whether that's because of a couple of years of isolation or, you know, kind of, especially a lot of younger people. We hire so many people that are 19 to 25. And mm-hmm. I know like being a kid is crucial for development, but adult development is something that's just really not looked at. And that in your early 20s is when you are maybe first paying bills, finding mm-hmm. yourself. And people weren't given that opportunity to network and make friends as an adult because making mm-hmm. friends as an adult is damn hard. And I think people like you and I, if you and I were to walk up to someone in a bar and I've done it and I've had the reaction, 
go, oh, hey, like, let's hang out. I'm like, who the fuck are you? No, you're going to murder me. Whereas coming from our energy, that's very different. And people mm. kind of are taken aback. So I can understand what you mean when it's like, I know I'm cool, but yeah. their reaction might be freaked out. And I'm like, you know what? Be you. Mm. It's what goes on. So uh, got any rolls going? <laughs> and they're like, this is so cheeky. And I was like, oh, well, any rolls going for a weirdo? <laughs> you got something in your eye, dear? Okay, yeah, I don't want to work with you anyway. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any advice? For anyone who's interested in getting either back into acting after some time away or pursuing it later on in, la- in life and having never really sought it professionally. With getting back into it, I think the reason people take time away or the, one of the reasons I took time away was because of mental health and because of circumstances, but also procrastination, if I'm honest, and the fear, again, the fear of success. And with the fear of success, by that, I mean that we all know what happens when we get a no. We're used to that. We're used to rejection. That's fine. We're cool with it. Say, no, okay, bye. Whatever. Thank you, next. You know, keep, keep swiping. But when you get a yes, it's like, oh, shit, I'm succeeding at something. Am I good enough? Imposter syndrome. And that feeling is something that we're so unfamiliar with. Mm. I would say to people wanting to get back into it, if you're not willing to push yourself through those feelings and put fear and say, okay, buddy, put that shit to one side. Because it's not, it's not a passion. It's a part of you. If you really want to get back into it, it's a part of you. And don't hold that part of you back. With someone wanting to pursue it later on, I would say have no shame whatsoever. You look at some of these actresses, you've got Dave Maggie Smith, you've got um, Anthony Hopkins, you've got Gambon, who well, rest his soul, who just passed away. You've got Ian McKellen. Um, you've got actors and actresses that started pretty damn late. And in such short space of time, they built up reputations that far succeed people who have been to acting school who have been acting since they were maybe 15 16 and I believe that's because of their life experience because of people that they've met throughout their lives and you know some of them have spent time on stage some of them come from accounting and law jobs Gerard Butler used to be a lawyer like so I would just say utilize Every ounce, don't feel like an imposter because like you've said yourself, you spent so many years in a lab. You've been given a free stage to think back and collect all this data from all these amazing people that you've met throughout your life. So if you're pursuing it later on, it's not a disadvantage. Your advantage is that you have experience Mm. and you have a library of personalities that you can draw off and a library more so of experience, personal experience that you can draw off as well. The advice I would say is just make sure that you can visit those and put that book back on the shelf in a very safe way so that it doesn't affect you for however long. But it's uh, it's almost an advantage, experience, so underrated. That's beautifully said. Yeah, absolutely. And seen. (laughs) 
Is there anything that you are looking forward to coming up? Just getting back into acting in general, because again, this is very, this is the start of my journey getting back into it. So I've been in talks with an old casting director, Mina, who is like, oh yeah, we've looked at things that might be coming up and I'm suited for, um, which is nice because he, he does, he, I get a regular message from House of Superstar, how are you? Um, so it's going to be nice to work with him again. Um, I'm excited to throw myself into a sea of people as I did with Swift and more acting classes and a bit fearful of possibly being one of the oldest there, but at the same time, older the wiser. Um, and then you, and then I think with being older as well, you have this pressure to set an example or a pressure to show people not to be afraid. So I'm excited for to feel that sense of responsibility. And I can't wait to see where that takes me. Um, I'm excited to continue learning to edit on my Mac because even though I work in tech as a day job, I'm like, how does this work? And then I'll press something and everything's deleted and I've got to record it again. Um, so I'm excited to tie that together, present a, just a makeshift show reel together because a lot of stuff is either in Arabic not accessible I'm disgusted with or on stage and mm. you, you can't use stage stuff for a show reel because it ain't filmed so I'm excited to put that together for myself and just really you know tickle the fancy I think starting again or restarting has its advantages because you're going in fresh mm. it's like building a new building you can completely yeah. change the architecture at any point that you want and that's awesome mm-hmm. that. yeah oh I'm excited for you I'm excited for us. Yes, I'm excited for us. (laughs) Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? What does it have to be related to? Do you want to give me a topic? Anything. Anything. Does that make it, does that help you? I know I'm, I'm very deep. I'm a very, I'm very like mental health wellness oriented. A piece of advice, words of wisdom. Take the stairs. Hmm. Take the stairs in every aspect of life. And I'm not talking just when you're going down to the TTC, take the stairs. You're going slower. You see more faces. You see more people. You're more present in every single day life. It's good for your heart. It's good for your head. Taking the stairs is taking the harder way. If you take the easy way, there are consequences every time. If you're going to take the escalator and and the elevator for the rest of your life, you're taking the easy way. It's no good for your head, no good for your heart, and it's no good for your mind. So take the stairs, take the hard way, do it the hard way and reap the rewards because there will always be rewards, whether that's longevity, whether that's extra creativity, whether it's bumping into some sexy guy on the stairs who's reading a book, who got a great ass and doesn't miss leg day. Um, yeah, take the downstairs. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Amy, for being my guest this week. Also, Amy, thank you for being just, you know, that injection of life, laughter, love, all of those things in my life these past few months since we met at TIFF. You were an absolute gem. I'm so, so, so thrilled to have met you at that random TIFF party and now get to watch your career absolutely flourish. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. (laughs) Bye.